You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast with your host, Maggie Magan. Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon best-selling business book series for small businesses. It's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, and the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. You can get a digital copy or paperback at Amazon or in other places too, but that's probably where most people will purchase it. And the book we're referencing today in the series is volume two. That's the one with the emerald green cover. So today's conversation is with a number one best-selling business author from the 2018 book. But before I share how awesome she is, I should probably say, hi, my name's Maggie Mongan. <laughs> and I am a best-selling business author and creator of that number one best-selling Brilliant Breakthroughs Annual Business Book Series. And by day, all day long, I am a professional master business coach and trainer. Essentially, I help small business owners transform their business at Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc. So let's move on to why we're really here today. And it's to talk with Susan McCustion. Whoop, 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 whoop. She's in the house. So welcome, Susan McCustion, another number one best-selling business author. Woohoo! Funny how that works. Hi, Maggie. How are you? <laughs> it's funny how it works. We're, we're rocking it. And I know you are too um, because of the conversation we just had. So I'd love for everyone first just to jump right into this. So here it is. Susan is going to share with us some really cool things. She is the author in the 2018 book in the fourth chapter, and it's titled Five Ways to Bring Compassion into Your Organization. And let me tell you, this is a very powerful chapter, and her message is relevant as the day is long. I think it becomes more relevant each second on the clock. Wouldn't you say that? Well, I, I'm biased. Yeah, you are. But <laughs> we, we've already talked about that. We all just have to admit it, right? We're biased and I'm fully biased. Yes, I do think, I do think um, that, that work around compassion and, and understanding differences is, is so, so important. You know, this idea that we are all connected that, you know, whether you're the victim, the perpetrator, or the observer, you know, if there's a, a bad thing going down, or even if there's a good thing going down, you know, we all feel the effect of that. Our brain registers it. We have physiological changes. Uh, and so we are, we are all in this, all in this together. Yes, we are. And everyone, I want you to know that, um, Susan has delivered some really great things, and we're actually going to bounce off of one of those. So write these episodes down. She has already spoke in episode 58, 71, 78, and 86. I'll say that again, 58, 71, 78, 
and 86. So you can go back and listen to what else she's been saying if you like this. Now in episode 86, Susan and I had a conversation about what you stand for. And, there's, and that's really important. And as we're doing this recording and it's going to be published, it's, it's happening around Independence Day in America. And the, the really cool thing about Independence Day is we hear a, a really important thing that America is the melting pot of the world. I don't know if that's still true or not, if it's still being said, but we all grew up with that. Yeah. And I personally believe that that might not be the best way to look at things. And, and as we start speaking about this topic, because Susan's going to take the lead in a split second here, um, we'll reveal why that may not be the best approach to bringing people together. So Susan, I'm cracking it open. Go for it. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so first thing, this is um, something I have been much more conscientious of for, for quite a few years now, this idea of America. <laughs> I'll just kind of start there. <laughs> America, America is a lot more than the United States. Um, so, um, you know, just being specific, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about another topic later called political correctness. I know everybody's excited about that. Um, <laughs> but being specific around, you know, the United States. It's it's Independence Day in the United States. Um, America is, a, is a, quite a few countries, um, and there's North America, and there's South America, and quite a few countries there. So I think it, it's, it's easy for us, especially in the States. You know, in the States, we've got this... Um, kind of brought up in this with this mindset and this this frame that you know we we are the most powerful nation in the world and you know we could that's a whole nother podcast I'm sure <laughs> with somebody else to talk about that right? right but this idea that kind of the world goes around us and so we tend to say oh America you know and well it's actually the United States America is uh two continents <laughs> in the world. And so um, so that's kind of the first thing, and I'll give a little bit more, and I'm sure people, there's probably some people rolling their eyes right now. Going, oh, well, I said that specifically because yeah. I wanted you to take us there, and I knew you would, even though we didn't talk about it. The USA, United States of America, America yeah. Is, yeah. is that that Northern America country we're referencing. Yeah, yep. With 50 states, and and that that alone is different. Yeah, so yeah, and I, you know, and I, and there's nothing wrong with it. it. Doesn't make us any less great or anything like that. It's just being specific. And actually, I think what I'll do is I will go ahead and talk about political correctness right now, if that's okay. Because like I said, I'm sure there's people, you know, kind of rolling their eyes. And I'll tell you what, I roll my eyes at political correctness too. I think we have gone way overboard with the political correctness thing, you know, we, we throw it around like it's an insult, like we do with multiple, you know, other terms in my field, and that makes all makes me a little wacky. Um, but political correctness, here's, here are my thoughts on political correctness. You know, I, I'm tired of it too. Everybody says they're tired of political correctness. I am too. Here's what it is. It is an expression of the value 
of respect. And so if you listen to some of my earlier um, podcasts with Maggie, we talked about this distinction between uh, values and behavior, right? right? So, you know, I have yet to, you know, go into a classroom or speak to a group of people, you know, I'll say, does anybody here not value respect? And like, nobody raises their hand, like everybody <laughs> values respect. They believe they're respectful. You know, you go into companies, they list their values. Companies' values always have respect on them. Everybody wants to believe they're respectful. And, and political correctness is just an expression of the value of respect. What political correctness is, is choosing our words carefully right? Choosing our words carefully and more inclusively, uh, just so that we're not inaccurately describing somebody, you know, just that, so that we're paying attention to our, our bias, you know, that we're being careful around that. So this idea of political correctness is just a, va a va an expression of the value of respect. And so what I tell people is, if you consider yourself a respectful person, then you're going to choose your words carefully, correct? Yes. Okay, hopefully that would be the answer, right? And yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know, if if you're so upset about political correctness and you don't want to choose your words carefully, that's certainly your right. You know, here in the United States, we do have freedom of speech, and you have every right to express yourself in any way that you please. And if you don't want to be careful, especially, I would say, especially in, you know, mixed company of, of being aware of who's around you and, you know, who you might um, unintentionally offend with, with your words, you know, choose your words the way that you want. However, if you're not careful in those choice of words, then quite frankly, you need to reconsider whether you truly value respect or whether you yourself are a respectful person. I couldn't agree more. And the, what I see happening with political correctness or the, the abbreviated version PC, everybody trying to be so PC that they're creating a disservice to humanity. Yeah, agree. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And, and I think too, part of this though, again, when we think about compassion and this interconnectedness that we have, part of this is accepting that we are all going to step in it sometimes. There are going to be things that we say that upset other people. But how do, number one, we grant ourselves some grace for having stepped in it? And number two, if we're at the flip end of that, how do we grant them, you know, the, the person offending some grace? Um, now, you know, there's always the benefit of the doubt. And if this person's done this over and over again, then at some point you got to just cut it, you know, okay, they're, they're intentionally doing this. Right. this first run in with somebody and they say something, we've all said stupid things. I say stupid <laughs> things uh, fully admit probably on a daily basis right? <laughs> it's just part of being human and so how how do we find this compassion not only for ourselves but for for others you know we all step in it we're all human um and and until you know part of the problem with political correctness is it's 
preventing us from having the conversations we need to have because we're afraid of stepping into it right and so until we until we get rid of that worry and that that ugh, political correctness is awful kind of stuff and and just give ourselves some room and some space to have try to have some authentic conversations you know we're not going to have the conversations that we need to have to clean up a lot of this junk that's going on it is junk and i find it fascinating that as people try to move closer to being politically correct they actually end up offending more people yeah yeah that's true i would agree with that yeah it fascinates me so it's about choosing our words carefully it's being aware and respectful exactly and then, and then if if somebody um if we say something silly we we gracefully pardon ourselves but equally important to realize that it's probably unintentional when other people are doing it and to pardon them that same grace. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, for me, you know, part of my work, and I think I talked about this in another podcast too, it's certainly in my chapter. Um, part of my work is with um, a group out of Northern California called, called HeartMath. And um, one of the things about HeartMath is this idea of how do we connect our hearts and our brains so that we're more coherent so that we think more clearly um, and not only think more clearly but you know we are all energy fields and the energy of our heart uh, goes out about three to five feet from our body compared to the energy of our brain this is this is scientifically measured by electromagnetic fields and and uh, or electromagnetic fields by uh, EKGs and, and EEGs and things like that are electromagnetic fields of our brain and our heart. So the heart goes the the electromagnetic field of the heart goes out. So as we're with people and this idea of connecting at the heart is really important because I think think that most of us can really understand when somebody wants to have an authentic and vulnerable conversation, especially when we're connected at the heart. You understand a little bit more easily that maybe they didn't intend that. Did they pick the right words? And you can even have a side conversation about that and use that moment as education. Maybe somebody didn't pick the right words, not because they were trying to be mean, but just because they didn't know like they didn't have the experience or the education, right? And they didn't know. So if you do know, then maybe instead of yelling at them, educate them about it, help them to understand so that the next time they don't step in it anymore, right? Actually, just today is, is interesting. I was on the phone with a, with a colleague who is uh, African-American, African-American woman. Um, if any of you have seen my picture, I am, I am a white woman, <laughs> no denying that, right? And she and I just had some really frank, a really cool, frank discussion about the things that we had in common as women, and then also some of those differences between being a white woman and being a black woman in the United States. And so being able to share that commonality of women, but recognizing, yeah, you know, based on the color of our skin, there are different experiences here. And so we have to maybe move a little bit differently uh, in the workplace. And so 
not worrying about that political correctness, knowing that we're connected to heart, knowing that we're trying to help and educate each other and maybe build bridges. Cause you know, she'll, she'll go back to, you know, her community and I'll go back to my community, but at least we've had that learning and that experience with each other where, you know, we, we can help educate others as well. Oh, I agree 100%. And one of the things that I've experienced is I, um, I'm recovering from a pretty significant brain trauma injury. And I have said some pretty foolish things that would not normally have come out of my mouth. And I am so grateful that the people who I said it with understood the spirit of what I was saying versus the word that came out. And I think that's a very important thing for us to remember is the spirit of what's being said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how do you know that it's when you, you connect at that heart, part of connecting at that heart is also, you know, the, the vulnerability that we show. Are we being authentic? Are we open-minded and willing to listen to other perspectives? Right, so all of that stuff that's built into compassionate diversity um, with the, the awareness, the authenticity, vulnerability, all of that um, is, is important to understanding the spirit of the message that we're hearing. Right. So now that we're talking about spirit of a message, I would love for us to move into something that some of us in the States call the spirit of 76 and how as we became an independent collective, we weren't even a nation at that point, a collective, mm -hmm. that we started to embrace this whole melting pot concept. Can we go there? Oh, sure. We got a couple minutes. Can we go there? I, I know we're going to spend like three hours on this, but I'm not, where, I can't, where do you want to go, Maggie? <laughs> Well, let's just talk about the term melting pot. Yeah, so. Um, and why it's inaccurate for us to use. Yeah, I, you know, I think we, we've got, again, we pride ourselves on those things that, that is um, US citizens, we tend to pride ourselves on this idea of the melting pot that everybody comes together. I don't even know. I should have done some quick research before we got on to, to see where the heck that came from. But this, this idea of the, the melting pot um, is, is kind of an ideal that we have held ourselves to. And I think that there's a, a higher ideal. And, and, and here's why. So the melting pot would assume people are assimilating. And by assimilating and melting into a particular culture, um, what we're doing is minimizing part of who we are in order to fit in. And for some people, <laughs> that's minimizing bigger parts of who they are, right? Um, other people, majority population folks, yeah, it's not so much of a problem um, to, to assimilate in, but still there are things about ourselves um, that we would um, need to lose in order to fit in. And that goes across the board. I don't care if you're majority or, or, or um, non-majority population, this idea of having to lose part of who you are in order to fit in. I, I'm not convinced that that is kind of the, the best ideal that we could, that we could have. 
Um, I think in Canada, they talk about it in terms of a, like a, a toss salad, <laughs> right? So you get all the pieces, you, you get the tomatoes and the lettuce and the cucumbers or whatever you like to throw into your toss salad. And, and you, all of that goes together, but you can still tell what each piece is. But when you're eating the salad all together, wow, it tastes really good, right? And you have the flavors from each of the ingredients that you put in there. I've also heard it termed uh, like some kind of soup, right? You think about like a, a vegetable soup or something like that, right? But this, this idea of where the pieces maintain their identity, you know, if I pulled a carrot out of vegetable soup and ate the carrot, I'd probably mostly taste the carrot, right? I'm not going to taste a whole lot of the broth behind it. I'll taste a little bit. But, but when it comes together, it just makes something that's so much better because those individuals have their uniqueness that they're bringing to the whole recipe, right? And I love that. I love the salad concept. That is so practical. How I view it is that it's a tapestry and, and all of our differences we woven together can create a really beautiful tapestry. But if it was if it was all homogenous, it would not be as beautiful. It would be, oh, there's that color yeah. uh, tapestry. Whereas here, if if you weave all of it together all of a sudden a really beautiful mosaic comes together. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes, oh, so I love the salad idea because it's similar to mine, just about vegetables. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, and you can use any analogy that, again, that idea where you need those unique, I, I love the, the idea of the, the, the tapestry too, because you need all the different colored threads and you might use different colors of weaves to different, different colors, different uh, kinds of weaves, right, to bring out, um, you know, different elements on the tapestry. And, uh, but this idea that there are these unique pieces that are there, that when they come together, right, still are able to maintain their weak uniqueness, but they can come together in some sort of, of whole to create a synergy. Yeah, I love this. This is good. And I hope this helps everybody because it is relevant to business because we are in relationship with people all day long for business. Yeah. Um, Susan, I'm sorry we have to wrap this up. Is there one last thing you'd like to say? Be the carrot. <laughs> Be the carrot. Be a good carrot. <laughs> that's so funny and she's laughing so hard i can't believe this so so be the carrot oh that's going down in my quotables for sure <laughs> I, I definitely have to find an image of carrots now for you. <laughs> okay everyone we're going to leave you on that wonderful fun note have fun being the carrot and listeners, this is how you can learn more about this crazy author we were just speaking with. <laughs> she is really a number one best-selling business author and uh, highly noticed in the diversity and inclusion arena. She definitely looks at things differently. Isn't that so wonderful? Here it is. Um, so unconventional thoughts get unconventional results. It's something I say all day long, and you just heard it by, you know, an expert telling you, be a carrot. 
Thanks for covering for me, Maggie. <laughs> I smoothed it over. You're good. <laughs> Our listeners should know better by now. We do some funny things once in a while because we're we're real. We're real people. Yeah. So this is the deal. Susan McCustion is an expert at what she does. And she wrote this really cool chapter. It's number four, five ways of bringing compassion into your organization. And I know she did deliver that in this conversation. And that's in Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. We're talking volume two, the Emerald Green book. And just so you know, we have a gift that you can provide. Let me try that. Now I lost it. <laughs> At the end of Susan's chapter is her author page. And she has an invitation at the bottom of it. Please accept her invitation. You're going to love what she created for you. It's free. It's relevant. It's pretty awesome. And um, I want you to know that she also has her social media handles at the end of her chapter as well. So you can start following her all over the place because she's rocking it. Um, and here's something else that's really cool. Right now, you can see everything about the book and how to get a hold of Susan McCustion. And I'm saying that because we have another author with the name of Susan who has a very different topic. And you can do that by going to the Books app. It's a free app, and it's Brilliant Biz Book. All one word, Brilliant Biz Book. At your app store, download that. And when you do, you're going to see a couple of the faces to the voices that you've been listening to all this time. And you'll see Susan McCustion's name under Ask an Expert. If you have a question about what we talked about or anything relevant that you think she might be able to weigh in on, type your question, send it off, and Susan will reply back to you. I think that's a pretty cool feature, don't you? Yep, I do. <laughs> okay, so everyone we want to thank you but most importantly thank you susan mccustion let's get that right for your time and your wisdom sharing today thank you so much maggie i've enjoyed our time together always <laughs> always and listeners we appreciate you listening to the brilliant breakthroughs podcast where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business We'll be back next week. So until then, shine brightly.